0: What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. The Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined on this mock draft Wednesday. With that,
1: Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello. Elliot, it's my favorite time of year. about two weeks away from the NFL draft. We've got rumors and rumblings and whispers all over the place. Fired up for today. You want
0: to talk about our little trade that we had? It's the only newsy item we have. Yeah. Really?
1: I mean, uh yeah, we can. The the Detroit Lions traded Jeff Okuda, uh former number three overall pick, I believe, mm-hmm. it was a couple of years ago, to the Atlanta Falcons. And believe it or not, it's gonna have an impact on the uh the mock draft that we have coming out today. Do You think Jeff Okuda
0: was worth a third
1: overall pick? No, but the hard part is when you have a young corner that suffers an Achilles injury, and that could really mess you up. So corners rely so much on speed and quickness, being able to, you know, make quick movements. It's just a tough injury for a corner.
0: Yeah, I understand. I just, uh, you know, when we start talking about draft value and these these draft picks are just so protected. You know, with teams, nobody wants to trade their top picks for a veteran that can help them win. And I still think it's silly. I still think we overvalue draft picks even that high up. So that's kind of my thought on it. But uh, obviously not a lot of news going on in the NFL outside of a lot of mock drafts, but we haven't done a mock draft yet. So I asked Marcus to do his top 16 for today. We'll get to 17 through 32 or part two uh, later this week. But we want to start. We're not going in descending order for a change, by the way. Uh, That would be a little weird, we went 16 down to one. Yeah. Marcus caught me on that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. We should probably start with number one. Uh, we always go in descending order, bro. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's start with number one. Carolina's on the clock. I do have a question for you, but who is the pick?
1: But a lot of rumblings that maybe Bryce Young is the favorite to go there, the shorter quarterback mm-hmm. from Alabama. But I went with C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Oh, I just think he checks enough boxes for a Frank Wright quarterback. I think he's the most accurate quarterback in the class. Uh, and I think again, relatively safe here at number one.
0: Yeah. Two thoughts here. Um, a couple of years ago, Mac Jones was referred to as the most accurate quarterback of his quarterback class. Yep. And now he's reportedly on the trading block uh, with the Patriots. So it's, it's always interesting with that. You know, I, I do think accuracy is accuracy is still extremely important, but it seems like uh, making plays off schedule has become more important uh, in, in today's NFL. My other question, though, for you just on this pick,
1: do you wish the Bears had held tight? No, because I think the Bears, that roster really needed to be revamped and be, you know, trading back and picking up all those draft picks, and you know, adding DJ more. I think it it was I think it was a smart move by them.
0: I do too. It just seems like every time a team doesn't need a quarterback. And right now we don't think the bears need a quarterback. Uh, I think most of us are hopeful. Justin Fields keeps progressing. We always want them to trade out. And I'm like, no, you can get your pick of the litter of any position player. I, yep. I do think sometimes it's worth it. We always want the non QB needy teams to trade out of the top spot. Am I wrong on this? I, I, I yeah. you know, every time. Yes. yes every time so, uh, uh, I, on the On the subject of QB
1: needy teams, yeah, the Houston Texans. uh, I I saw a report yesterday from Adam Schefter that hey, the Texans might not draft a quarterback at number two. They might just you know wait it out. It's like, did you guys not watch Davis Mills and every other quarterback that they threw out there last year? I've got them taking Bryce Young. Uh, The size concerns me, Elliot. He's five ten, played at like one eighty five. Easy there, Turbo. Sorry. It's small for an NFL player. Let me just say mm-hmm. that. Uh, sure. But I think this is uh, number two, take a risk on him, because I thought he was the best player in football last year. You know, I just I think the Texans did the right thing last year.
0: Uh, it's easy to criticize in hindsight. Uh, Davis Mills showed a lot of promise towards the end of the previous season, and I think they needed to see what they had. Plus, Davis Mills was not like a seventh-round pick. I believe no. he went in the third round, if I recall. Uh, you always so get better than I do. yeah. yeah. Um, I think they did the right thing. They saw what they had. They didn't like what they saw, or at least we think they didn't. And, um, I, I, yeah, I, I really would question Houston not taking a quarterback here. Let's go to
1: number three, Arizona. They're not drafting a quarterback. Uh, they are not. Now, I think this pick has a great chance to be traded, uh, but, but let's play a little game mm-hmm. really quickly. Dennis Gardeck, is that my local uh, sheriff? Or is that the starting edge rusher for the Cardinals right now? Uh,
0: That's pretty good.
1: Uh, Their edge guys are Mashe Sanders, Cameron Cameron Thomas, and Dennis Gardeck. They need an edge rusher. Willie Anderson, the most productive pass rusher in the history of college football. Seems like a perfect fit here. I think
0: Dennis Gardeck right now is at Waffle House complaining, why don't they have cinnamon rolls? I think that's exactly what that name sounds like (laughs) to me. Uh, good one. All right. Uh, number four, Indianapolis Colts.
1: Yeah, this one's a little bit trickier. Do they take yeah, Will Levis, who's a little bit more pro ready, or do they take the big swing on Anthony Richardson, who I have them taking? I, I just think Shane Stryken, their, their new head coach, he's worked with a lot of really athletic quarterbacks before. I think you pair him with Jonathan Taylor, and you really try to run the ball the first couple years yeah. there. I think that makes some sense.
0: Hey, we've said it before. Make a play 11 on 11. Make make defenses have to play the way defenses have to play, say, Philadelphia. Yes. Um, it's instantly going to make your offense more effective uh, between the 20s and, quite frankly, probably more effective in the red zone, too, in yep. short yardage situations if you have a quarterback that's mobile, just as long as you don't make your quarterback your thumper. And I think the key there is doing whatever you can to keep Jonathan Taylor Uh, Healthy and having a little bit of a running back rotation, although I still think he's a great player.
1: I I, I think the example would be like to do what the Titans did with Vince Young and Chris Johnson. Was that back in 2008? Right. Where they used, you know, used Vince Young a lot in his his legs to have a dynamic running back in Chris Johnson. I think that the Colts could replicate something like that, especially with their defense. So, well, 2008, they had Lindell White.
0: Uh, who was their thumper. He ran for about 800 and something yards. Chris Johnson had 1,000. That was his rookie year. 2009 is when Chris Johnson had that just ridiculous season. Uh, Let's go to number six, Seattle. Or number five. number five. I'm sorry.
1: Yep, Seattle Seahawks. I have them taking Jalen Carter, who is widely viewed as the top player in this class. I think Carter's going to need to go to an organization that (laughs) – Pretty established, and the head coach doesn't need to worry about losing his job, and the GM doesn't need to worry about losing his job. Plus, the Seahawks have a huge need at defensive tackle. I think this is where Carter eventually ends up. Yeah, we did a podcast with Chad
0: Ryder last week, and you guys talked about how Jalen Carter is a little bit of a lightning rod prospect in this draft, but that he would go yep. somewhere in the top 10. Uh, we talked about having a stable organizational culture, which the Seahawks have. A lot of teams, though, could use a quality defensive tackle in this draft uh, for sure. Let's go to the Detroit
1: Lions. They are actually picked number six, and yes. I'm really curious what you have here. Yeah, so we had them trading away Jeff Okuda. Now, they did sign Cam Sutton, a guy that can play outside, but mostly a slot corner. I think they need another outside corner. Yeah, Christian agreed. Gonzalez from Oregon, top cornerback in this class, long, athletic, just no really warts in this game. I, I think he makes their defense better.
0: You know, I think for some people, six still sounds really high to draft a corner. And and I understand that. But, man, it's almost like you can never have enough of these guys. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know, you have two good corners. Yeah, how about three? It's just one of those positions that's especially with teams going to shotgun and four receiver sets uh, so often. I like this pick. I think the Lions need it. Uh, let's go to the Raiders because the Raiders have a lot of needs.
1: Yeah. And especially on defense, uh, their secondary is pretty awful, right? Yes. Now. I don't think most people could name a single starter in their secondary. Bottom I've got, three in the league? Yeah, easily. Uh, yeah. I got them taking cornerback Devin Witherspoon, um, who doesn't have the size or the athleticism as, a, as Gonzalez does, but he's physical. He can tackle. He's aggressive. He's the type of cornerback that the Raiders have been missing for the last couple of years. He gives them an attitude on defense.
0: Is this a little high for him, do
1: you think, Probably your average run-of-the-mill mock-draft.org? Probably, because usually 185-pound corners aren't drafted inside the top 10. But the Raiders have such a significant need that they almost have to make it.
0: Uh, well, hopefully the draft magazine you read this weekend that was missing players at least had this guy listed. That would be important. Let's go to pick number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. We talked about them earlier with the trade with the Lions. Uh, Falcons' needs are kind of all over the map. I, I go to front seven kind of yep. instinctively, but they could add to their receiver
1: core. There's plenty of places they could go. They could. I really like the the addition of Calais Campbell. They still have Grady Jarrett, but what they need is that premier Edge rusher. And I've got mm-hmm. them taking Tyree Wilson uh, from Texas Tech, 6'5, 285 pounds, a ridiculously long wingspan. It reminds me a little bit of like young Alden Smith with the 49ers. Uh, I, I think he fits well uh, in Atlanta's defense. How about Javon Curse? Heck yeah. What a fun player. Uh,
0: yeah. I, I like this pick as well. I think it definitely fills a need. And just, you know, just kind of predicting. You don't normally want to just go need this high in the draft. You want to take the best players that are yep. out there. But if the best player out there is arguable and it fits a need, that's when you really can hit a home run uh, as an organization. Let's uh, flip the rundown and yep. let's go to pick number nine, uh, Chicago Bears. Uh course, Chicago was in the number one spot. They made a trade. Of course, they have DJ Moore now from Carolina. I'm guessing you're not going to have wide receiver here. Nope. Mm, I wonder if I could guess what position group Marcus was like. I know you, I bet you looked at offensive line, uh, but I think you're hitting Matt Eberflus's defense. That's my
1: prediction. Yeah, I, I really, really thought about that, but they need to do everything possible to make Justin Fields a franchise quarterback. And I thought the offensive line was improved last year, but not quite good enough. So I've got them drafting Peter Skaronski. Uh, Offensive tackle from Northwestern. Ah. And I I, I want your opinion on this a little bit. So Skoronsky only allowed six pressures last year, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't have that ideal, like only 32 inch arms. Just in general, how much does that stuff matter for you? Because I I don't think he's going to be probably a left tackle in the NFL. He might be a guard. He might even be a center. Is this too high to draft somebody that might have to play inside in the NFL?
0: there's there's two kind of ways to look at this. Number one, the, the concerned way, which is what you're alluding to. Uh, what was that you were drinking? We could use a sponsorship.
1: It's a, it's a classic cold brew coffee from Venice. All
0: right, very good. Oh. I hope you guys are listening. Uh, everyone in the NFL is going to have longer wingspans than the guys you played in college and the guys you played in high school because it's put at a premium. We just talked about a pass rusher for the Falcons who had a long wingspan. But at the same time, when you're talking about arm length, <laughs> Peter Skoronsky's lived with these arms his entire life. No, okay, no. It's not like he just showed up at the NFL He's like, what do I do? I have, My arms are only this long. What am I going to do? Literally, they've adapted their game. My guess is less wait and see uh, when you're playing tackle and more punch, uh, more yep. use your hands. Get them out there early. That's how you adjust. No, this would not be a big concern. As long as the tape is great and they play at a major school, not that don't, that always matters, but they play good competition, uh, well, then I'm not totally
1: concerned. And the other thing is I hate helmet scouting because it's, it's not really the right thing to do. But we did just see a Northwestern left tackle who had 33-inch arms get drafted mm-hmm. by the Chargers two years ago, and he was a Pro Bowl player. in really your I, I yeah. don't know if Stransky's at that level. But we have seen some of these guys work. So I, I think for Chicago, this is a pretty safe bet because, worst case scenario, I think you move in the guard and you get a pretty darn good player.
0: I mean, I go to the kind of the Bill Walsh philosophy. Does you he help your football team? Like, yeah. should Peter Skoransky be pick number 20 versus pick number nine? It doesn't matter. Pick 29. If he helps your football team, then that's all that really matters. I can name so many first round busts even this high, there's probably more busts at number nine than Pro Bowl players. Oh, so yeah. uh, Yeah. Go for it. Uh, Number 10, the Philadelphia Eagles. They're just putting more tools in the tool
1: shed, man. This one's tough because they don't have any clear needs. I I think corner would have been one of them, but the top two corners were off the board. I went with Kalijah Kansi, the defensive tackle from Pittsburgh that we talked about last week with Chad Ryder. He's small. He's not very long, But, man, he's productive. And we've seen even J. Ron Hargrave, who they had last year, he's another small defensive tackle that was awesome for them. So bringing Kansi, playing in sub packages, play him on third downs, I think he can be productive right away. Yeah,
0: these smaller defensive tackles and sometimes these larger defensive ends can kick outside or inside. So it can kind of help your rotation. Now, I don't know how much Kansi was able to play defensive end in college. He did
1: play quite a bit.
0: You know let's not forget the Eagles took a defensive tackle with their first round pick last year um but Fletcher Cox is getting older uh, brandon graham uh defensive end getting older you know they they have some veteran guys that definitely need um you know less reps on the field and yep. more time on the sideline to keep their legs fresh i i'm I'm fine with this pick uh let's go to Tennessee because I'm really curious about what Tennessee is going to do this year so- what their what their m o is going in the draft.
1: I I contemplated a trade where they went up to number three to get Anthony Richardson, but decided Mm -hmm. not to do any trades in this mock. Instead, I have them taking Paris Johnson, an offensive tackle from Ohio State. Their offensive line was decimated last year. Plus, they lost Taylor Luan in free agency. This guy played guard last year, or in 2021, left tackle in 2022. He just seems like the type that Mike Frabel wants on his offensive line.
0: They took an offensive lineman in either twenty or twenty or twenty twenty one that literally was gone within a year. Yeah, Isaiah Wilson. Uh, yep. And then you just mentioned them losing LaJuan. Um, you know, I got to tell you, Marcus, I pretty much am agreeing with all of these picks. You really did some real work. Like doing this Real, mock draft, actual work. You you went you. to the shop, the the uh, little shop that has the giant cinnamon rolls, and got a coffee, and really thought this out
1: because <sighs> I, I mean, but I, I didn't Tennessee is hard roll. to predict, though, aren't they? They are I, because I I feel like they are a team that they're they're in a little bit of an identity crisis, right? Like, what are they? They've got too many old players on their team. It's clear that that core it just isn't going to be good enough anymore. So. Do they go all in for a quarterback or do they invest in their offensive line, see what this year brings, maybe bottom out and then revisit the quarterback situation next year?
0: The thing is, is they're in the weakest division in the AFC
1: and they're
0: in arguably the weakest division in football, though I give that to the NFC South. I'll, I'll give AFC South the seventh spot. So Tennessee has always got a chance, you know. Um, yeah. But um, staying in the AFC South, Houston Texans are up again on the board. What a great opportunity for them um, to, at spot twelve and at spot two to really fortify this team with yep. new head coach and D'Amico Ryan's. But you haven't taken. So we went
1: quarterback at pick number two with Bryce mm-hmm. Young. Let's go get him a playmaker. Uh, yeah. Jackson Smith jigba from Ohio State. When he okay. was at Ohio State in twenty twenty one. He outproduced Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. In fact, if you add those stats together, they almost match what Jackson Smith and Jigba did. Probably more of a slot receiver, but he gets open all the time. He's tough. He's, he's so good at running routes. I think he's the type of player that D'Amico Ryans is absolutely going to love uh, on that offense.
0: How many Good wide receiver prospects have come out of Ohio State. Oh, my gosh. If if we even go a little farther back, Curtis Samuel played at Ohio State, didn't he? Yep. Um, If you want to go farther back, Joey Galloway, I believe, played at Ohio State. Michael Thomas. Uh, Terry Glenn, Michael Thomas. You want to go way back? Chris Carter played at Ohio State. My gosh, but just in the last
1: five or six years, they've had just a stock full of really good prospects. And there we should also mention Jamison Williams wasn't good enough to crack the top four at Ohio State. So he had to transfer to Alabama to to play. So they also have a guy by the name of Marvin Harrison, Jr., who just had one of the best seasons in college football history Mm -hmm. last year. Absolutely loaded. I know there's
0: a really old, awesome Ohio State receiver like going way back, and I just can't think who it is. It's going to drive me nuts. Okay, uh, New York Jets, a team that a lot of people think are on the move, but they're in a really tough division. The old Aaron Rodgers weight game continues on. So what do the Jets do? I'm assuming they're going to have Aaron Rodgers by the draft. Is that the way you kind of approached it when yes, you did yes. their pick? Okay.
1: And I approached it with the thought of we need guys that can come help us right now because I think there's better players on the board than the player I'm going to talk about right now. But Darnell Wright, a right tackle from Tennessee, was phenomenal last year. He shut down Willie Anderson, uh, the the Alabama rusher that we had number three. The Jets have a need at right tackle. And instead Mm -hmm. of messing with some of these guys with more athleticism or more upside – they grab a plug and play starter with a bunch of experience who can help them right now. And put him right next to Lake and Tomlinson, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And now uh, you're not I like, now you're not counting on Makai Becton either. How is his run blocking? Fantastic.
0: Okay. Great. Because you can run Brees Hall to the right, maybe yep. get 1200 yards out of him uh, this year. If he can stay healthy, if you have Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have better quarterback play. Anything's better than what they had last year. They've got pretty good receivers um yeah, things are looking up. They went got the tight end from Cincinnati last yep. year. I tell you, the Jets are going to be t- uh tough. Oh, if they nail yeah. this draft and they get some, you know, day one contributors, that'll be really awesome. Uh New England Patriots, obviously, in their division, probably the weakest team, as odd as that is to say, in the AFC East. So what do they do
1: here at uh what we're at pick fourteen? I, I really struggle with this in LA because I think they they could go in a number of different directions, right? Like could they use a pass catcher? Absolutely. Could yep. they use offensive line help? Yes. But the Patriots quarterback? Are just, well, maybe, right? Maybe. They're just different in the way that they draft. So what I what I did is I took one of the best players on the board, Miles Murphy, an edge rusher. Madjudon had a really nice season. Mm-hmm. Josh Uche is a pass rush specialist, but what they really need is another one of these long athletic guys that can play on the edge and run downs and that's murphy Six six, two hundred and seventy five 275 pounds ran a four five three he just seems like a bill belichick defensive lineman that can play as a three four five technique a four three base end you can kick him inside a three technique it just seems like that's the type of guy that they love
0: what's his size again
1: Six six, two seventy-five, and a four five three. Okay. I thought you said two forty five and I was no, like, No, 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 no. Two seventy five. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They love right. the big yeah. guys.
0: Yeah. You know, you answered two questions that I had. Number one, why don't the Patriots just take best player available? Whoever's the top guy on your board, take them right here. Yep. And can he set the edge on rundowns? That that is something that they really need. So if this guy can do that, then that's a great pick for them. Um, I'm not really thinking that Buffalo is going to be running the heck out of the ball, but I think Miami will, and I think the Jets will. Um, so it's going to be really important in their division. Uh, let's go to the Green Bay Packers. One of the really interesting teams, If you, um, one of the better podcasts we've done recently was our over-under on the, the wind hopes for the NFC. Mm-hmm. We thought the Packers were the biggest bargain. They're like at, what, seven or seven and a half yeah. wins. If they can get a guy right here that could come in and start day one, I think this team is a sleeper. Who do you have that
1: guy being? Well, let me ask you this. If there's one position you think they need to upgrade, where is it for you? Oh, You see, I I would like for them to get more pass rush help, quite frankly.
0: Um, But you've already taken some of the good pass rush guys off the board,
1: so that throws me off a little bit. So then I start looking at wide receivers. I thought about wide receiver as well cuz that was my exact thought. It's just I don't love any of the guys here at 15. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I went I went pass rusher because okay. Kenny Clark is getting up there in age a little bit. Rashawn Gary coming off an injury. They you know, they just really haven't been able to find another guy, Lucas no. Van Ness from Iowa, six five two seventy five, played all around in that defense. Green Bay likes to kind of shift guys all over the line. I think Van Ness plays really, really hard, would fit well in Green Bay.
0: Well, they're going to need him, uh, that's for sure, because the division isn't going to be easy for them this year. They probably, you know, granted Aaron Rodgers didn't have a great year last year, but we don't know how many points they're going to put up. So holding teams down is going to be at a premium. Uh, Detroit got really good quarterback play from Jared Goff. Uh, we think Justin Fields is on the upswing. And then you got Kirk Cousins in the division. Yes. Yep. So uh, this, this is, again, another good pick by you here. Um, I'm really shocked at this. I thought I would argue with you a little bit, but I like what you're doing here. Although I'd say of all the teams, I might be the most curious about the next one. Tennessee, yes. I definitely was because I didn't know what their M.O. would be, something you talked about. Washington could go a lot of different directions. And when you're picking 16th in the first round, It's kind of like every single option is available to you. It's not that hard for you to trade this pick down because it doesn't take the king's ransom that, say, pick number seven takes or pick number five takes. Um, A lot of the great players that you had at the top of your board are gone. So and then do you pick for need? Uh, If you're a quarterback needy team, this isn't the greatest spot because you're not quite high enough. So then you may try to trade up. But you don't have any trades here, so I'm guessing you didn't go with a quarterback.
1: I did not go with the quarterback, and I think, okay. I think they want to see what Sam Howell has. I, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with it, but to me, this doesn't this feel like a sink or swim season for Ron Rivera? Like he's got to win this year, right? It does. So I have some guesses here. What you did since this is our last pick. All
0: right, I don't think you, I don't think you hit the talent outside. I think you're looking up front at their offensive line. And I think you're looking at their secondary. The problem is you've already taken some good defensive backs off the board. Now, the best linebacker on the board, this would probably not be too early for him. This might be just right.
1: I'm going to think you did offensive line. That's my guess. I think that would be smart, to be honest. If they decide just to invest in their offensive line, there's a tackle. Broderick Jones available. The two best guards are still available. That's the direction that I would go. However, I can see Washington talking themselves into, "Hey, there's a top 5 player on the board right here. We we're going to be a physical team. Let's run the crap out of the ball. Let's take Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas." Oh boy. Okay. Ron Rivera has history with drafting running backs in the first round. Obviously, with Christian McCaffrey, he had Jonathan Stewart in Carolina. Maybe he views Bijan Robinson and Brian Robinson Together as, hey, this is our one two punch. We don't want to expose our rookie or our second year quarterback a lot. Let's run the ball, play defense, and grind our way out to nine wins.
0: Boy, that's interesting. That's interesting because Philadelphia's gonna fortify their defensive front. The Giants uh defensive line played very well last year. I think better than Dallas's did. Um yep. Is running the ball the way to make hay in the NFC East and squeeze out a seventh seed at nine and eight? They were eight, eight and one last year, Washington, mm-hmm. but fourth in the division. Is this the way to do it? Are you thinking let's make Sam Howell's job a little bit easier? We went and got offensive yeah. lineman and free agency. Um, oh gosh. And Didn't the way Washington that they, sign? yes. Okay, go ahead. Sorry.
1: It's just that, Listen, there's not a lot of positive pub coming out of Washington right now. You've got a coach who's on the hot seat. you got a team that's for sale right now. Uh, but you grab somebody like B. John Robinson, who most people view as a top five talent in this class, a generational running back prospect. I wouldn't take a running back this high, but I could see why I'm Washington, shocked
0: that you did. Why him? Why him? What's special about him?
1: I mean, he can do it all, right? He's got a fantastic combination of size, power, speed. He can make you miss. He can line up as a slot receiver. It's kind of like if you if you put Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson together, you get B. John Robinson. And I I, I just don't see this team being able to pass the ball super well. So if you could run the ball, do some play action stuff, maybe you can win a lot of nineteen to seventeen type of games.
0: Yeah, I you know, I was driving me crazy. It was like, who the heck did Washington get in free agency on the offensive line? It was Andrew Wiley. I had to look it yep. up, uh, Kansas City. I could not think yep. about it for the life of me. I was like, you've already fortified the line. Okay, man, this is an interesting one. Uh, I would not have gone here.
1: I'm shocked uh, at it, you. I, it just seems like everybody around the league agrees he's not getting out of the top 20. So at some point... So why point, not here? Yeah, so why not here? At some point, some team is going to draft him that doesn't really have a need at running back. I mean I thought about the Patriots, I thought about the Packers even, I thought about Washington, it just I, he's almost like a placeholder here at 16.
0: Well, I'll tell you, my final thought on this mock draft is uh I'm going to stick with Washington here. If one of these quarterbacks falls, you know, at 16, they're they're within distance, you know, to uh-huh. go do something and maybe maybe they take a chance, but you feel like this is the year for Ron Rivera, maybe he feels more comfortable himself going with the quarterback he already knows that he's already had and how. But I, I just, I could see Washington moving up uh, yeah. potentially.
1: I, I will say there is still one quarterback on the board that I have, Will Levis from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't had him picked yet. He's going to come off the board rather quickly when we get to part two. But again, Ron Rivera is on the hot seat. I don't think he wants to draft another quarterback and kind of go through the growing pains of that in year one. Remember, they also signed Jacoby Brissett. Maybe they just yeah. roll with Brissett, roll with Bijan Robinson, and try to grind it. Run again, the heck out basketball. of the ball. Yep. Yep. You know. You know. And I,
0: I still think you know we'll see with Chase Young back. at That defense is is better. They should be. Um, you know, maybe they can win some games last year. This is a team that we have to remember won eight games last yes. year. You know. Yes. So uh, anyway, that's my final thought on Washington. What's
1: your final overall thought looking over your draft here? Uh, the actually the second part of. Round one is more fascinating. The, the, there's so many teams that draft between 17 and 31 that are just maybe one decent player away from being a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Uh, so that's my little tease to make sure you check out part two of this podcast coming out tomorrow. All
0: right, we will get uh, part two to you as he said tomorrow. Uh, for now, we're going to get out of here, but we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, interesting draft, man. Super interesting. Uh, if you want some takes on the Cowboys draft, head over to Locked On Cowboys. Marcus does that with Landon McCool. He also writes for Pro Football Focus and covers the Raiders and their draft for Raiders Wire. Uh, He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We thank the really good people like Herbert and Courtney, who's being very quiet right now at Brinks. We'll talk to you guys later. Take care, everybody.